Welcome to the Mediate.com podcast with Veronica Kramer. Well, hey there, and welcome back to another great episode of the Mediate.com podcast. And today I'm excited because we are going to learn all about the National Association for Community Mediation's School Board Community Toolkit with special guest DG Mon. And by way of background, DG has served at the National Association for Community Mediation in several roles, first as a member of the Board of Directors from 2012 to 2014, then as the JAMS Foundation Mini Grant Program Manager from 2014 to 2016, and currently serves NAFCOM as the president of the Membership Association. He co-developed the cultural intuitiveness process and provides consultation and coaching to state, public, and community-based organizations on human services and system development and effectiveness, leadership development, strategic planning and communication, cultural intuitiveness, and sustainability and evaluation. DG Mon is an attorney licensed in Illinois and Kentucky. He received his mediation training in 2000. DG has worked in the local, state, and federal level health systems, interweaving his background in anthropology, religion, and law in a manner that connects well within the political setting as well as the community setting. Throughout his career, he has sought to appreciate the culture and systems of community and follow empathetic processes that strengthen both the individual and the system in order to facilitate the creation of sustainable positive impacts. And I want to add that the National Association for Community Mediation just recently received the Melanie Greenberg U.S. Peacebuilding Award for Excellence, which was given by the Alliance for Peacebuilding. So with that, DG, welcome to the Mediate.com podcast and congratulations on NAPCOM's recent award. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here, Veronica. Yeah, this is going to be great fun. Well, you know, I thought maybe how we could start, DG, is if, you know, I'm not sure how familiar everyone is with NAFCOM's work. And so I thought it would be helpful. Can you just provide a little bit of background information about the association? Absolutely. And thank you. And I think the award helps frame the vision of who the members are that are part of NAFCOM, which is that community mediation is community mobilization. And what that means is that all of us have the ability to co-create peace, to co-create justice, and to co-create connectedness in our communities if we'd only just see that ability, recognize that ability. And our members began their history here in the U.S. and then also moved off to Canada. Back in the 60s, based on the 1964 Civil Rights Act, Section 10, that stated anywhere there is a dispute, disagreement, or disturbance in a community, everyone in that community is a part of that disagreement, dispute, or disturbance. So it wasn't up to the court to make the resolution. It wasn't up to a, a school system to make the resolution. It was up to all those who are impacted by living in that community. The members grew and flourished throughout the 60s and 70s, um, mainly because they followed that those in the, in the conflict need to be resolving it. So outsiders were not asked to come in to resolve things. They may come in to give advice, framework, skills, 
but the resolution process and the resolution with those in the conflict. In the late 70s and 80s, there was a movement in this country to professionalize that, that you had to be attorneys, it had to be mediation, as the courts understand mediation. And the Congress can have lots of different opinions, but they know their history and they know who they are. And the U.S. government has been doing mediation since the 1880s. So when this was written in the 1960s, they didn't use the word mediation, they used the word mediate to find a balance. So we're all called to find that balance, not to pull people to our position, not to us and them folks, but to find that balance, that mediate point. They didn't say in there you had to be an attorney. They didn't say in there you had to have certain degrees. And if they wanted to, they would have because they knew it. By the 80s, however, there was a movement to move this process squarely within the courthouse and to become a program of the courthouse that attorneys would administer. One of the dilemmas of that is that we were founded to point out where the justice system wasn't just. Really hard to point out to your funder where you're not exactly doing what you're supposed to be doing because the funder could easily say, well, then we'll just fund someone else. And now your voice is silent. So in 1994, the members decided what they need and didn't have was a national organization that was created from the grassroots. We need a national organization that will amplify our voice. I'm so thrilled to have this opportunity to speak with you today, Veronica. That's part of what we're supposed to do is amplify that voice. They also felt we need an association that can aggregate our wisdom. I can't tell you how many times I'll talk to people and say, well, let's talk to the folks over here. There's mediation on that side of the country. The, the shock and the surprise. And our job is to say, not only should you not be shocked and surprised, but you two need to be talking to each other. Because quite frankly, there's a lot going on that's similar. And I think you could co-strengthen each other's work. So that aggravating, aggregating the wisdom, amplifying the voice, and then, of course, advancing the work. We have been since 1994 wanting to make sure that work is supported and assisted by the entire community so that it would not be only a court program, but in fact, a community system service that can help people when they're in conflict, help people adjust to the systems that are facilitating that conflict, and help be a vehicle to help all of us know how better to listen, how better to hold space, how better to learn and recognize each other. So that is the major focus of what we do for our members so they can continue to do their work of cultivating peace in their community, cultivating opportunities for justice, cultivating opportunities for social cohesion, cultivating opportunities for people to get redressed who can't afford an attorney, who don't have the time to spend days at a courthouse waiting for their case to be called. They are able to get it redressed, not by learning the lingual language, but speaking in their own words from their own heart, hearing each other with their own ears without someone saying, that's an objection, you can't bring that in, and then actually able to say, what do I want to do with that? Yeah, and and that's all really powerful. And there were a couple of things that were that were coming to mind as you were sharing all that. And, and thank you for for sharing that 
and information. And the first thing I wanted to point out is, you know, I loved at the beginning how you talked about co-creating peace, because I think I've shared before on this podcast, but the way that I got my start as a mediator was actually at a local community mediation center. And I remember after taking my first training, I, I, I just felt, um, so empowered, you know, so inspired. And that was kind of the theme that I picked up as well. It was, you know, world peace, one mediation at a time. Mm. And, and the other thing I wanted to pull out of there too, is to what you were saying towards the end is just you know, the whole idea of, of party self-determination, yes. right? That the parties are invested and have the ability, like you said, to share in their own way, what would work for them versus, you know, when you're in a formal litigation context, there's certain rules of procedure <laughs> that not everyone is, is familiar with. So yeah, that's fantastic. And so I know that NAFCOM has uh, partnerships with affinity organizations. And I know that one of them is uh, an organization called Living Room Conversations. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Yeah, absolutely. Living Conversations is a, a national organization really focused on developing tools for people to use to have conversations, to be able to talk about things that one or the other may be uncomfortable talking about or the timing doesn't seem right, but it needs to happen. And we became acquainted with them through a part of the work we're doing which is an early warning, early response work through the truck network and trying to help make sure communities are able to lean into the conflict that's going on, lower the temperature to the point that people can hear each other, not lower the temperature to the point that you stop talking, and then figure out how we can continue to co-create together. Part of community mediation is that we don't want people coexisting, we want people co-creating. Because whether you want to recognize it or not, your neighbor does influence your day. When you recognize it or not, if you're commuting, the person in the car in front of you does influence your day. We are constantly influencing people we may never come in contact with. So how do we make sure that influence is done in a way that helps us all feel okay? We may not feel great, but we can feel okay as opposed to feeling lousy. And that's part of the issue with the court system is there's a loser and a winner. That's part of the issue with our culture. There's a loser and a winner. And community mediation is about why can't we all just be able to win? Why can't we all define the moment in a way that we have abundance? You get this, I get that, it's still a win. And we call that being able to live with it. So in that process of getting to know them, our members were coming to us saying something needs to happen around the school board. The temperatures are really high. Meetings are getting very dangerous for school board members and for community members. That's certainly happening where you're in Ohio. It's happening here in Kentucky. It's happening all across North America where school boards are either shutting down and therefore becoming a fortress or they're being attacked. Uh, they, they, community members are feeling disconnected, completely not recognized by the school board, when in fact the school board works for the community. So all that was percolating. So our members got together and said, we need to have a meeting of our membership and really talk about what is anyone doing? What are we doing? How can we learn from each other? 
in that process, a member had mentioned that they had used some of Living Room Conversations tools. Now, they don't have tools for school board work, but they do have tools about listening, how to talk about opposite sides, how to figure out how to keep engaging with each other without losing control or walking away from each other. So we reached back out to our Living Conversation partner and said, how about we do something about this? Here's, here's what our members outlined should be in the toolbox. They talked highly of this tool that you have on other topics. How about we come together and see what we can do? And they're an amazing partner with amazing leadership. And the organization supports it because the leader we worked with moved on and the new leader just picked up the ball and kept rolling with it. But says it really was an organizational value of, yes, we want to do this. It wasn't just one person. And through that relationship, with Living Room Conversation, we were able to get um, some initial test funding, a few thousand dollars from Listen First. Uh, they just had in April their big event, the, a week of, of listening and conversation. And that allowed us to test it. And we tested the toolbox in a very urban school district, low economics, high immigrants. And we tested in a very rural school district where it is so rural that the communities keep their independent schools, but the communities are so small, it's a K through 12. And and they can't afford a whole district. So they've merged to become a district that rural. We wanted to test it in two extremely different places to make sure our language wasn't a barrier for one or the other type of group, make sure some of the tools we're putting in there were not offensive, but actually could be used and would want to be used. In that small testing, we received significant critical feedback and critical, in my mind, is good. Uh, to one point that, at least in the rural district, they said, give us more. We absolutely want more of this. The urban district felt very comfortable using it as well. We were able to then fortunately get the American Arbitration Association, ICDR, who's now funding this for a year to roll it out full time in five communities. So more than a beta test, hey, how the tools, how the language, but actually, so what can you do with it? Will it really make a difference in how your school district and the community it serves is able to interface with each other, hear each other without having the meetings go for five hours, without having two minutes grip, but actually, what are the issues? How can we talk it through? What is the role of the school board to make? What's the role of the community to make? What's the role of the school district? And be really clear on role and responsibilities and to make sure where they overlap, that it's done from the place that we would call our communication values. So where it's overlapping, you are remaining curious where it's overlapping, meaning hope-filled, where it's overlapping, you mean respectful, where it's overlapping, your first thought is how can we collaborate? How can we work together on this in a way that demonstrates integrity? So we're, we're all coming in together. You're no better than I am. We're, there's an integrity about this process and a quality that what we end up with is going to benefit the student 
which is the ultimate mission of school, that the quality of what we come up with really benefits them. People come up with solutions that may sound good to you and I who aren't going into that elementary school, but could have the children panicked every day. Well, that's going to help in the quality of their education. So using those community mediation values where those roles and responsibilities overlap is where we want the toolbox to open up, say, okay, what's the tools in here that can help us have the type of connection, type of conversations, so that we can continue to co-create together what we want schooling to be for the children in our community. And that that sounds like a really cool and powerful toolbox, toolkit, right? I mean, I, I've always thought, you know, the skills that a mediator learns, like skills like active listening, skills like framing and reframing. I mean, these are just powerful skills for everyday life. So yeah, this sounds like, you know, a really interesting and an impactful toolbox for, for school boards and for the community. Um, I mean, so it sounds like from what you're saying, it sounds like the format of it right now, is it like written format? Are these documents or how does this work? Excellent question. It's a variety of tools that either NAFCOM, Living Conversations, or community members have suggested, here's what works for us. Here's what's going on. And we used to call it a school kit. In fact, it's funded to be a school kit, but we moved to school box. That's one of the feedback we got, because it sounded to both the communities that a kit was an actual product. You just take this and this is what you follow. And the toolbox is more like looking at a plumber's toolbox or a carpenter's toolbox. You open up, you go, okay, here's the issue. Now let's open up my toolbox. Which of these tools will I use that will help me with this issue? So every school, district, community, and may be generated from a really different issue. So which of these is best for us? And so we're hoping the five of them will test what's best for them. And then we're working with the Carter School to evaluate, why did you pick that tool? What about your dynamics that that tool would work? Because we want to help educate all the people that have school issues that aren't fortunate enough to be selected for these five, that we learn when, when should we use which tool? which obviously a plumber knows, a carpenter knows. I don't know. I'm not skilled in either. But we want communities to know when to use what tool. And then back to skill, were the instructions clear enough? Were there things in the instructions where you went, what am I supposed to do with this? So we're going to meet monthly to address the what. I was looking at this tool and I have no idea what you're asking us to do. All right, let's talk about it. And we're going to co-create that. So the other four communities, there'll be five along with us, will co-create the instructions, the directions. So it's not just how does DG say something or how does Veronica say something, but how do these five different communities representing five very different populations, how would they say it? And so our hope is to come up with instructions and terms that would make sense, regardless if you're a big or a small school system, if you are in Spanish-speaking only, if you're bilingual, if you're English, if you're Indigenous, we want to make sure that those instructions are universal enough that anyone can follow them and really bring back that sense of curiosity, that sense of hope, that sense of connectedness that school 
had, at least when I was growing up, you very much identified by your school and the school mascot and the school team. To do that, the community has to feel it's a part of what's going on in that building. That's interesting. So it sounds like there's there's kind of ongoing discussions or meetings between it sounds like someone at NAFCOM or living room conversations and then a representative from the school board, a representative from the community. And that's how there's this buy-in from everyone. And the representative from the the facilitative agency that, okay. that we're calling commission centers, but they may not be a center, but they may be really skilled at how to facilitate conversations, how to hold this space. They've got to be a trusted member of the community that both the community per- group that has angst with the school and the school that is in tension with the community trust this third person to also be able to facilitate or use the tools appropriately. Like you want to trust your plumber, you want to trust your carpenter. How do we trust them? And so they're going to come together with living room, with part of school, with NAFCOM, and we'll be meeting monthly to really fine tune things and to see, so what change did happen? So the end of next year, when, when hopefully we can have a follow-up in April of 2024, what did happen? What difference did this make? What's going on now in that school system? Were some of the needs met? Or were changes made in a way that people are connecting, reconnecting, not only with the school system, but sometimes the divides between community members in the school system? Are they able to sit in the same room now? and see each other with the same concern, which is the education of their children. So that's what we hope to do that the end of next year, and we're so grateful for the AAA to fund this, that we will have a toolbox that actually has instructions in it that is very helpful regardless where you're sitting, and maybe even new tools that some of these communities developed on their own, saying here's the one thing you need to change in this, we don't need to change it. Let's change it together. The the intent, again, begun by some of our members who reached out and said, we need to do something. This is getting really off the chain. The intent is to help develop this tool that can really help communities re-engage, school boards re-engage, school districts re-engage in a manner where schools are valued the community members are valued, and together they're helping each other fulfill their mission, which is to raise children who can be independent, wonderful adults doing their best selves. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the other thought I had, and I don't know if you'll get this feedback at some point or not, but you have to, I think, also think about like the positive ripple effect that it will have just in helping folks have this shift in awareness, you know, that maybe they'll come to agreement or not on whatever sort of issue they're discussing, but just being able to have that shift in awareness to know how to, you know, listen to someone else's perspective that does not agree with your own and to do so in a respectful manner. And just to think about how learning that within that context of the school board community dynamic, just how people might apply that in other aspects of their lives, right? Amen, Veronica. And that's where we're involved because, again, our vision is community mo- mediation, is community mobilization. If those folks get touched in a way of how to really rehear things, re-experience things, 
who knows the impact it's going to have in a variety of other circles that they're involved in. And they'll use those same tools there. And now they've actually been mobilized to have a community that's truly a community, people together sharing this space. And I think, did you say at the outset, there are five different school schools or school districts participating? Five different communities will be participating. They'll represent five different school districts. Um, hopefully, we'll see five different uh, community organizations. We'll, we, we're, we're looking to pick and, and are picking those communities that have those types of distinctions. So we're hoping everyone who submits their proposal uh, will have submitted one that is excellent. And then the tease out is going to be, okay, we want one from this type of environment, one from this type of environment. So we can do what we did in the beta test. Having that very rural school system, that very urban school system was the most amazing beta test to see what energized both of them and where both of them had, you know, you could do a little more improvement here was wonderful because more times than not, the areas of improvement were also similar. And it just, again, demonstrated to us that the coat you're wearing may be different cloth, different color, the, the makeup, your hair color, skin tone, may all be different. But those values inside to be heard, to be seen, to be valued, to be listened to, that's universal. And it was fascinating how where they thought we could improve, they both thought we can improve. And yet if they had met each other, I'm not sure how well they would have sat with each other. And that's how truly they share values when it comes to caring about their children. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And so I'm just curious, you know, for anyone who's listening to this podcast, I mean, if there is a mediator out there who is interested in somehow supporting this program, I mean, are there ways for people, for, for trained mediators to get involved, to support the program, things like that? Absolutely are if you're one of the five communities. So if you listen to this and you're not sure if you are, just write to me and I'll let you know if you're one of the five communities and I'll hook you up. It's all good. Uh, our centers live and breathe based on their volunteers and based on the expertise of our volunteers, based on the, the energy and the talent of our volunteers. If you're not a kid that's doing this, I hope that you will track it, pay attention to it, lay the groundwork in your community that when this toolbox gets solidified, which we're hoping again will be by April 2024, maybe a little after, things always take a little longer than one hopes, you'll have laid the groundwork for your community, your school system to say, we want to use that toolbox. And so what you can do for yourself, if you're a mediator, is become a member of NAFCOM, go into our webinars, go into our tools, enhance your skills of what it means to be a community mediator, where the overseer of the conflict are those involved, not the court system. It means to be a community mediator, which means those involved talk and deliberate as they're comfortable, as they define respect, not as the judge would find respect. That community mediator means using the language of the community, not the language of the court, I would recommend that become a member of NAFCAM, strengthen those talents and skills 
get your community ready. And a year from now, you can help be one of the people that can bring real peace, positive peace to your community where you can bring a real reemergence of that needed connection between this school system that educates our children and the community that experiences for positive or negative how well that job's being done. You will get to be able to do that. So I certainly hope that you'll take up that mantle as someone who's an attorney. I went into law school because I wanted to learn the language to help people who found the language mystified. Help demystify it with us and bring that sense of connection back to your community. Oh, yeah. And that's just, gosh, that's just such like a perfect way, a perfect way to wrap up this episode, I will say. And so, you know, for those who want to learn more about NAFCAM and, and, and the School Board Community Toolkit, can you share um, the website for NAFCAM? Where can they go? How can they access it? Absolutely. The website is nafcm.org. And you can write to me, put in the re, Veronica, or put in the re, uh, mediate.com, so I know where the question's coming from. And just write to me directly at dgmawm at nafcom.org. And I will hook you up. I'd be excited to do that. All right. And what I'll do for our show notes so that it, it's easier for everyone, I'll go ahead and I'll put a link to your email address and to the, the website address for NAFCOM. But, Thank you. Yeah, no this this sounds like some really this sounds like some really fascinating and powerful stuff, and I I really appreciate you coming on the show, DG, to to talk about this. This is this is very cool. I'm very grateful you're doing this. The more that we can amplify what is going on, then people know that there is promise and hope in sight, and that's a good thing, as opposed to people feeling frustrated or helpless and saying nothing's going to change this. We believe, just based on that beta test, with our partnerships with Carter School, with Living Conversations, with our funder AAA, that there is hope in sight. And the more that we can amplify that, the more we're lifting up all our communities. So thank you. Absolutely. All right, friends. Well, that wraps up another great episode of the podcast. We'll talk to you next time. This podcast was brought to you by Mediate.com. For more information about Mediate.com's programs and content, please visit our website at www.mediate.com.